Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. So many people around the NFL talking about DeMar Hamlin and one guy who is probably closer than most, Sal Capaccio. He is the Bills beat and sign live reporter. Talked to Bernstein and Holmes today. He had some, some interesting insight. Obviously, he was on the sidelines. Could tell you exactly what happened with his family. He himself... Now listen to this replay from earlier today. Bernstein and Holmes talking to Bills beat and sideline reporter Sal Capaccio. Sal, thanks for taking time for us. How are you handling all this? I'm sure it's it's been a whirlwind. It has. Thanks. Uh, you're you're welcome for coming on. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it's been a tough last. You know, I guess twelve hours, whatever, uh, eighteen hours. Um, you know, from the emotions of last night to coming back home, and then kind of reprocessing everything today, you know, in the moment as, as a reporter on the field, you know, my job is to relay information. I'm on the game broadcast and it's real time and I'm explaining what's going on in the field and I'm seeing it and I'm processing it there. But, you know, I, I get up today and, you know, I'm seeing some of the images that I didn't even see on the field last night that were on the TV that you were seeing. And I saw plenty, believe me, but you know, now I'm seeing even more so of the, some of the players that were away that I, on the other side of the field and things like that. And, now it's also I'm sitting with it more today, right? So it's it's processing it in a different way today. But I'm also doing a lot of these things to kind of keep people informed, these radio spots around the country. And to be quite honest with you, it's helping me as well that I don't have to kind of think about this all day. Well, we thank you. And, and I was surprised when you said yes, but I'm thankful that you did. When was the part as you're reporting on this where you started to get more than you ordinarily would be concerned over an injury? There were a couple times. Um, so when he fell down, you guys all saw the video. He's standing and he falls down. When that happens, generally, you think head injury, neck injury, something happened. He got knocked out, right? That's generally what you think. And I've been on the sidelines for nine years. It's my job to kind of watch for those kinds of things, guys coming off, you know, limping, something like that. He falls down. Immediately, I'm thinking, okay, somebody's hurt. Must be head injury. Boy, he fell down hard. This isn't good. But then – you see the Bengals players who were nearby calling for medical assistance right away. That's when it started to ramp up a little bit. Okay, this is more serious than normal. But you've also seen that before. And we just had a situation in Buffalo Monday night week two where Dane Jackson lay motionless and had a neck injury and had to be ambulanced off the field. And that was kind of the same thing. So you're still thinking in that regard. Then you start to see the emotion showing on players' faces. And it's ramps up even more that you know that there's something going on here that's not your typical injury um, and you see the medical professionals working on them. Now at one point I saw a medical out there and I thought to myself, boy, are they doing CPR? And I said, no, that, that, that just can't be. And I thought, no, they're probably just cutting off the face mask. That's what you do in a neck injury. Well, come to find out it was both, right? So he had CPR being performed for several minutes. They had to cut off the face mask as well. The moment that it got to the height, and, uh, the height of, okay, this is a tragic situation, this is completely like nothing I've ever seen before, was 
all of the Bills team, I'm talking players, coaches, staff, everyone, they went out on the field and they formed this big circle around DeMar. And you've probably seen some shots of it. They were locked in arms, hand in hand, hugging each other. But they were all shoulder to shoulder, essentially, in a circle. And they had DeMar and the medical team behind them in the circle. They were facing out. And the reason they were doing that was that so none of us, no one in the stadium, could see what they were doing and how they were working on him. And that told me how awful it was. So how do you then balance your responsibility as a reporter to keep the your, your audience as informed as – it's a radio audience, too. So you've yeah. got to describe everything that you are seeing while also working through what you're feeling. Yeah, in that moment, my job is much more the former than the latter, but I'm feeling it. But my job is to not get caught up in the emotion as hard as that is. My job is to give the, give the audience the facts of what's happening on the field, to paint that picture. Um, there, I, I think that one of the things about this situation is there was so much confusion, guys. Right? Like no one, no one knew what was happening next. And that's part of it. You're, you're, you're describing the medical part of it. And this is what I see. This is what I don't see. I couldn't see anything because they have all these players around. But then all of a sudden you see the tears and the emotion fall, flowing out. And, you know, the guys in the radio booth, they're seeing it on TV as well. They're watching their monitors, and they're, they're describing what they're seeing on the TV side, and then they're asking me what I see. And I'm telling them, look, I mean, I see Stefan Diggs crying. I see Jaquan Johnson with a, a towel on his face completely bawling, being consoled by one of his coaches, and that, that hits home. And then the part that really got emotional for me was I turn around, and at the, at the wall behind the Bills bench, I see a woman – wearing a number three bill blue bills jersey and she says oh, that's my son i need to get down to see my son oh. and it was the bar's mom and it was hard because she couldn't get down on the field and bill's staff came over and um i'm sorry guys one of the uh, security was over there for the Bengals, and um they did a really great job to make sure that she could navigate you know to where she needed to be to go be with Demar and uh be in the ambulance with him and you know him and his her and his uh dad ultimately got in the ambulance with him and that was tough and that was emotional and describing that and seeing that and um, being a part of that scene. It's just something I'm never going to forget. I know that. Sal, considering the picture that you're painting for us on what you're seeing from just even the, the, the bill sideline, did you ever think that they were going to play again? Cause when I looked at the reactions of the, of the bills players, I said, there's no way these guys are in any mental frame of mind to go back out there and play. Well, I share that sentiment with you. Like I, there, I kept saying, like, there's no way, there's no possible way. But this has never happened before. They always play, right? They always go out there and play. This is unprecedented. So, what's crazy is, I think the team thought they were playing, even though they weren't ready and probably didn't want to, because it's what they do. It's what you're trained to do since you're a little kid. That something happens and you keep playing. This is football, and you, you know you're, you're there for your brother and your teammate. And you push through it mentally and physically and you have a neck injury and someone goes off and you play the next play and you think about that person and you got to do your job and next man up and you think about that. And I know Joe Buck said a couple times on TV, five minute warm up. I will tell you, I never heard any of that on the field. It might've been announced by the referee. I'm not saying he didn't announce it. I don't know if he did. I didn't hear anybody say five minute warm up. What I will tell you is players were getting ready to play as much as they didn't want to. The defense was on the field guys. 11 players were on the field ready for a snap. They were waiting for a play to resume. Whoever told them that, I don't even know if anybody did. I think they're conditioned to do it. That's what I think happened. They're conditioned to go out there and play the next play, as awful as that sounds. Stephon Diggs was tears in his eyes, trying to get everybody together, get him up a little bit, get him to rally. He walked down to the field, and he went right up to Saran Neal. And Saran Neal was playing for Taron Johnson, who got a head injury the series before that. And he went right up to Saran Neal, who had just been completely devastated and very emotional, and he put both hands on his face on each side, and he was looking at him and telling him basically, okay, you got to get ready, you got to get ready. That's the scene I was watching because everybody thought they were going to play. That's wild. Wow. So we know what the NFL is doing or not and what they have announced. What is happening locally? With, his, uh, with how, we, how we are getting news from the hospital, how the Bills are handling what, you know, usually these teams are so regimented and in such a routine yeah. and everything's completely disrupted right now. How are the Bills deciding how to carry on at the moment? 
Well, it's a good question because, um, you know, we're trying to figure out the same thing and there's still a lot of confusion, but I will tell you, Tuesday is normally a player's off day anyway. It's not a day that I would normally be at the facility. Normally I would for practice, but that starts on Wednesday, especially after a Monday game, you know, they're going to have Tuesday off. So normally would be expected to be there today. The Bills did just release a statement about a half hour ago saying that DeMar did spend the night in intensive care and remains in critical condition at uh, UCMC in Cincinnati. But they also said due to the ongoing situation, they will not hold any media availability today. I've also noticed around the league, teams that do have media availability normally on Tuesday are generally not holding theirs. I think the Chiefs declined today out of respect for um, what's going on here. Mike Tomlin did hold his, and that's because uh, partly – because Mike Tomlin wanted to say something about DeMar Hamlin. He's known him since he was 12 years old because DeMar is from Pittsburgh. And I know Mike and DeMar have a very close relationship, and I think he wanted to make sure he said something on behalf of you know, their organization and him. Um, going forward, I'm not really sure. I will tell you this. The Bills under Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been, especially the last few years, at the forefront of having re- being very aware and cognizant of having as much and as many resources available to the mental health side of things to their players and their staff. I would venture to say that today is one of those days where they're going to make sure that everyone has that availability if they want to come in the facility, whatever they want to do. There's going to be some people, as you guys know, everybody, everybody deals differently, compartmentalizes differently. There's probably going to be players who need to go in today, who need to go see somebody, who need to talk to somebody. There might be players who don't want to go in, don't want to see DeMar Hamlin's locker and think about him and what they witnessed last night. Um, so I'm sure that that's something that they're going through right now, but they've been very, very good about that over the last few years. That's very important to them. Sal Capaccio, Bear, or Bill's beat and sideline reporter, talking with Bernstein and Holmes today. Some, man, some really good insight, not only to what the sidelines were like during that moment, but painting the picture for not only the Bills, but the entire NFL and what it looks like coming back to work after such a devastating experience, because you could casually think it just affects the Buffalo Bills. But that would be silly, right? Because you have a ton of NFL players that are literally going to be taking part in a game that you're going to have a hundred moments just like the one that happened to that young man. So it's got to be, it's got to be scary, If you're on the Bears and you saw what happened to DeMar Hamlin, if you're on the Packers, if you're on the Vikings, I mean, any team around the league, you got to be thinking that that could potentially be you. You know how many mothers are texting their sons after a game like that saying, honey, be careful. I know you can't control it, but just do your best. Phenomenal job by Sal Capaccio. Phenomenal job by Bernstein and Holmes right there. If you want to catch the the entire thing again, download that Odyssey app so you can listen to their show in podcast form. Everybody's is up there. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670, the score. It's what we do, man. We get an opportunity to talk about sports here. And on the other side of the break, we get a chance to talk to Cody Westerlin, who uh, had to sit through that game yesterday. Bulls, Cavaliers, Bulls losing in overtime to a 71-point performance by Donovan Mitchell. What did Cody see yesterday? What did he see as the turning point after losing a 21-point lead? We'll get that answer on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And this ball game is over. And a very tough, tough loss for the Chicago Bulls a dejected Chicago Bulls team in the final 145 to 134. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Chuck Swirsky with the call right there as the Bulls dropped their most recent game to the Cleveland Cavaliers 145-134. It is Gabe Ramirez. Bulls, after winning five out of their last six, dropped two straight to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Saturday's game, I actually had an opportunity to do that one. That was a tough loss. I mean, they battled back. That was tough. I expected a big game from Donovan Mitchell yesterday. I'll read that text in just a second. I've been trying to talk about it. But uh, we do get to discuss the game and where the Bulls are at right now. Uh, Well, one of my favorites. Joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Not only is he the greatest shortstop in the radio station softball league, but he's also my big homie. What's up, Cody Westland? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing tonight, Gabe? You know, not too bad. You know, I, they're like, hey, three-hour show solo. And I was like, I asked for you. I said, can Cody come in and do, you know, double duty today? And then, no, I'm just, <laughs> I didn't want to well, put that on you to do another three I, hours after your shift. That 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 Bulls game last night could fill at least two and a half hours. Dude. And, and then you can maybe leave a half hour for the Bears and and quarterbacks Dude, in the NFL. A couple replays over there. Bulls losing their first game of the 2023 uh C or excuse me the the, the 20 of 2023 last night. Cody, I felt like okay, where was the tipping point for you because you know, second half came in, everybody's joking. I mentioned earlier like Stacy and Adam, they were making, you know, rocky references and everybody was having a good time because the assumption was that Cleveland was going to lay down for the rest of the game. Where did you see a a, a turning point in that second half? Well, obviously, I mean, it just started in the third quarter when you give up 44 points. That's not getting the job done. And the frustrating part for the Bulls was, um, I mean, a lot of people have said this, but it probably was their best or one of their best halves of the year in the first half when you hold Cleveland to a shorthanded Cavs team. But still, you hold them to 47 points and then you give up nearly that many in the third quarter. So that has been a, a hallmark of this team is the lack of consistency and whether you want to talk about month to month, week to week, day to day, you can go down to the granular of the game. Like this team has has trouble being consistent quarter to quarter and even kind of shift to shift or stint to stint, depending on who's out there at any given time. So, I mean, that's when Donovan Mitchell, I mean, he was going the whole night, but he really started knifing the defense too. And he got his teammates involved um, all night. Those 11 assists too, like you score 71 points, people think, oh, you know, maybe there's a little ball hog factor. There really wasn't. That was the most assists in it game in NBA history for the limited few that had scored over 70 points in a game. So he was just thrashing that defense all evening. And uh, the Bulls had Bulls had a lot of different people try to guard him. A lot of guys that got in foul trouble and none of it worked. And it was the third quarter where it started to get away. Yeah, there was a couple bad moments there in the second half. I mean, the, the, the putback that he had after a missed shot, I think DeMar was guarding him. Vooch was on the block, could have probably got the rebound. But the, it just seemed to, to carry him off the rim just a little bit further than either of their extensions. And Donovan gets the ball back and gets the put back. And at that moment, you're just like, gosh, like this, this dude's really doing everything. What, what do you think the issue is with guys? I mean, we've seen it with Giannis, Cody. And now we yeah. saw it yesterday with Donovan Mitchell where guys are just able to get a full head of steam, get to the cup and either have you know a foul call on the defender or they're able to get an easy bucket. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the hard part for the Bulls about not having a lot of guys who are fleet of foot laterally um, and also have size, right? 
I mean, there's a lot of guys in the NBA with size. There's a lot of guys that are quick. There aren't many of them that that are strong and able to move well and guard these guys like Donovan Mitchell. And that's the Bulls part. Like Alex Caruso is that guy, the, the guy who should have had the best chance to slow down Donovan Mitchell, but he obviously got into foul trouble and he got, I mean, he got torched by him off the dribble often in that game. Like, it, I mean, there was three or four times where it's just like he beat him off the bounce, like one dribble at the three point line and put the entire Bulls defense in a hard position. So like the Bulls tried, they had their best defender on him for a while and it didn't work. And then, I mean, once you get that head of steam, like this Bulls team, they don't really have a shot blocker at the rim, right? If you got someone like Rudy Gobert there and someone has a full head of steam at the rim, like you feel like you have a chance. That's not who these Bulls are. Nikola Vucevic um, isn't much of a deterrent at the rim. He's a good defensive rebounder, but he doesn't slide well um, in the pick and roll to his left and right or move quick enough. So that's hard. Patrick Williams, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's too quick for him. I mean, he usually guards a little bit bigger so, like, there just weren't many options at that point for the Bulls. So, like, you brought up Giannis. That was a different kind uh, of ability for, for Giannis when he scored 45 points on the Bulls there recently. Like, Donovan Mitchell did this with his quicks and smarts and his talent. But, I mean, a lot of people talk about it. He went to the line 25 times and made 20 free, th- 20 free throws. He had seven threes. But, I mean, he just ate them up in the paint in yeah. that game. I mean, he was so, so efficient on two-pointers in the lane, in the hoop. And that was probably the most amazing part, really, to me, is when you look, I think he was 15 of 19 on two-pointers. That's just that's just big man dunking level um, success there, basically. <laughs> yeah, he was he was looking good. Definitely unstoppable. And, and you brought up some good points earlier about the assists. I mean, just getting it to Osmond or getting it to Kevin Love for the three just felt like the right move in a lot of instances. And, and they had a good team game. I mean, you know, Kevin Love, 17 rebounds, right? It's like people pitching in in different areas. And I think Stacy touched on it at one point. You know, they're just moving the ball well. You know, there was selfless basketball. And then, then it got to the point in the second half where Donovan really felt like, you know, he really needed to take over in order for them to compete at that level. There were some other, other big moments for me because, like, in the second half, it's not like Donovan Mitchell was running away with the – or third quarter specifically, that Donovan Mitchell was running away with the game and the Bulls were doing nothing about it, right? We saw some really big buckets from Vooch and DeMar in the paint while Mitchell was doing his thing. I mean, Vooch had a three – I think it was like like three minutes left in the third to put the Bulls up at nine. I mean, so so there were big shots that, that were making there. Why, why do you feel – or what do you feel happened that the big three just couldn't match that intensity in the fourth quarter even though they were already doing it and keeping them at bay – you know, for a good portion of the second half. Yeah, I mean, I thought they they had the intensity, right? It's just these moments get so dialed, basically, or boiled down to did you execute or not? And Donovan Mitchell just does that at a higher level. So, like, I liked a lot of the things the Bulls still did, especially on the offensive end there. Like, you mentioned the Vooch three to put him up more in the third quarter. I mean, he also had the late one in the final minute to put him up three, like, that was the right basketball play, right? Like, DeMar DeRozan had the ball. Then the Bulls got the offensive rebound. He swung the ball to Zach, who yeah. attacked, drew a defender, kicked it. Like, they made some good decisions there. And, like, they play the right way. But it's always, like, one thing's missing. And sometimes it's the execution. On that play, it worked. The execution failures came on the other end. And obviously, we can talk about the, the drama of some missed calls, too. But, like, the Bulls have to look at the mirror and be like, every single play matters. I think maybe yeah. part of that is, I mean, again, it's a cliche and it's a Tibbs reference. Like, letting go of the rope. Like, the, the fact that you went up three with 30 seconds left, you can't let your guard down at all. Patrick Williams, whatever you want to say on that, um, offensive rebound by Donovan Mitchell when he flicked in the layup to tie it in the final seconds. Mitchell left the, the free throw line early and it should have been a lane violation. Then be even admitted that, but like you still have to do more. Like that's the most important play of the game. And it feels like the bulls don't necessarily always have a hundred percent concentration for all these little things. I mean, some of them are like these guys just, they aren't used to it as much. You know what I mean? Like no one's ever asked Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan to be a defensive stopper or anything, (laughs) but like that's what they need them to be in the final moments of games because this team isn't well balanced enough or they have too many one-dimensional players, guys who are more focused on one end. Like it's asking a lot of guys who don't have that skill set in some of those moments. So that's why they're more prone to those. Like, I mean, if Alex Caruso doesn't foul out of that game, he probably does a better job batting the ball around or boxing out. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that that probably happens. 
And again, that's that's some speculation, but there are guys that are just more built for that. And it just seems like the Bulls have a funny way of finding the guys who aren't built for, for a few certain moments always end up in the middle of them. It's a great point because, right, Cody, the, the reference in football is, you know, they're good between the 20s. And it's yeah. almost like the Bulls are, you know, they're all right in certain situations, but it's the there's the beginning and the ending of games they seem to be to be struggling with. We're talking to Cody Westerlin, uh, of course he's our Bulls insider here at six seventy to score. Um, I love that I love that you brought up Vooch's three pointer in the fourth quarter because I almost lost it when Stacey King called him Voochie Man. I was like, I was like, dude, really? Is that the reference you're using right there in that moment? But I mean, th- th- there was there was it was cool to see that. Because Zach got to the rim, and maybe two weeks ago, he would have taken that shot without question. So it was good to see the ball kind of move around. But, I mean, it, it, it's the supporting cast that Zach, you know, obviously it seems as though he, he struggles with, with, you know, having confidence in those guys. And, and for, for, for obvious reasons, I mean, you know, in the fourth quarter, what did we see? Caruso with two big misses on some layups. We saw, you know, uh, the no calls that were there. In the beginning of the overtime, you know, Pat Will and Io missed their back-to-back three, or yep. two, three straight threes, um, you know, in the game when, when they were down three points. So, I mean, it's those guys that are getting those shots that are not coming through. But, you know, conversely, you see, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Kevin Love and Osmond hitting back-to-back threes in the third to, to pull them. And I, and I always think when I watch these Bulls games, it always, to me, boils down to the three-point shooting of the opposing team versus the Bulls, where they seem to just be knocking them down at will. And the Bulls, their role players, you know, outside of Zach, you know, it, it struggled to, to hit from, from behind the arc. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the, the Bulls are as low of a three-point volume shooting team in the NBA as, as it really gets. And it's a pretty wide margin there, too. They're not built whatsoever. That's 100% a structural flaw, right? Like, that's how the team was built by the front office it's probably unfair to expect these guys or Billy Donovan or any of these players to change it in the season. Like it's hard to tell Zach Levine, for example, be like, he's shooting a lot of threes, right? Like tell him to shoot more. And then what do fans yell about? What do people get frustrated? Bad by? Shots. He's forcing it too yeah. much, right? Like it, when you build a team like that, sometimes Zach feels forced to shoot a few shots or, or long range shots because the Bulls need more of those. And really, you, you send Kobe White out there. And I thought Kobe White's been pretty darn good these past few Agreed. weeks, just making plays that matter more. Like we know early in Kobe's career, there's no doubt, like sometimes he'd be out there and it'd feel like what he was doing was kind of empty or something like three threes when the Bulls are down 15 points in the fourth quarter, right? It's not like that anymore. Like he's in the middle of big plays. He's in the more more spots correctly defensively. Offensively, his handles have improved. So you can ask him to shoot more threes, but like you can't play Kobe White 38 minutes a game mm-hmm. every night and expect him to hoist a bunch of threes and be a successful team. Like He's a role player, best suited off the bench, doing a really good job right now of that. So just structurally, they're not built for that whatsoever. And again, that's that's a bigger picture issue. It's not even something you can fix in season at the trade deadline when you're the Bulls. It's something that needs to be fixed in the off seasons um, through drafts and signings and, and stuff like that. And really, it, it should be a multi-year project for this team to, to add more shooting. I don't think they're one shooter away. I think it needs to be up and down the roster when it comes to long-range shooting. So that that's certainly another point. And Billy Donovan has lamented, I think, a few nights when the three-pointers have gotten away from them by way of, of how their defense has played with the other team filling it up he just he doesn't think they've closed out well enough some nights like he thinks from from day one to to now he thinks they probably I mean he talked about this a week or two ago and there's been some um that he's been probably disgusted with since then but he thought they were doing a solid job but you're right it does burn them in some games but it comes back to margin of error we're talking about all these areas like the Bulls need to do a lot of things maybe not perfect but really well to have a chance to win when any one of these um, kind of breaks down, and it's been their defensive rebounding lately has been a problem. Some nights, like you mentioned, it's been their three-point defense and, and that discrepancy on both ends. Anything that happens can lead to a loss really quick for this team because the margin of error is thin. You're absolutely right, Cody. I mean, everything needs to go right for the Bulls to win. I mean, you know, you got to have Vooch shooting at a high level and crashing the boards. you got to have DeMar, Zach, the whole thing. I'll be great defensive. Like, everything has to go right. You know, when we're talking specifically about three-point shooting, it's just like when you're looking at the box score from yesterday and you're seeing that no one on your bench, no one coming off of your bench took more than one three-pointer where that's the area that you probably struggle in the most. I mean, that's where you're looking. But you're right. You mentioned Kobe White a second ago. Sometimes I feel like if he misses a shot, 
his confidence dwindles because he understands the the pressure that's on him because he's taking a shot away from either Zach Vooch or DeMar. So then he kind of gets down on himself. But he's had a little swag these last couple games. Took out the Braves, looking good out there. I thought Kobe White, you know, is definitely somebody that should be contributing a little this more, a little bit more to this team. Uh, Cody, but there is frustration. So, so I want to ask you. I mean, obviously, you are you follow this team closely, and are, are you more frustrated now, like in the present, or were you more frustrated, like let's say, more towards the end of last season when the Bulls just couldn't seem to figure it out either? Uh, I mean, oh, that's a that's a good question. The way you frame it, I, last season kind of played out. I think how we felt it would at the end of it with Lonzo being injured and. And I know the Bulls had, had a few minor COVID problems there late and just it felt like they were running out of gas because it's like all they had left in the tank was the DeMar DeRozan magic for so long. So I, I don't think I was personally frustrated or even they were extremely frustrated by their loss of the Bucks or anything. Like they understood the Bucks were several tiers above them last year. I, I think the frustration here is comes in the fact that <laughs> Like we knew some of these things were going to be a problem for the Bulls, and it they just didn't get addressed in the offseason. So to me, it's like it's hard to hold some of these players individually accountable for for any big picture thing that's happening, right? Like I think that's probably what's gotten maybe not blown out of proportion because when Zach Levine gets two hundred fifteen million dollars, it's fair to talk about his contract and production pretty much at any moment of any day on Sports Talk Radio in Chicago during the NBA season. But it's not like Zach Levine getting $215 million all of a sudden fixed anything else (laughs) whatsoever (laughs) on this team in any regard. And people like somehow expected him to elevate his game to another level there. Like, let's take the knee out of it. Like, it's not like he was all of a sudden going to become a good defender just because he made $215 million. Like, that was just the going rate of what you had to pay to keep a guy who's a two-time All-Star. So the frustration, I think, um, could be traced more to, to some of these young guys, too. Like, not in the draft, getting more out of Patrick Williams in his third year in the NBA now. Dalen Terry can't really crack the rotation um, for this Bulls team when they're a team that would be, um, I mean, they could really use a big wing. And you can say, well, maybe Billy Donovan should play him. Well, we don't get to see what's going on in practice. And the things we hear from behind the scenes is he just doesn't play at a high enough level in practice really yet or understand everything about the NBA game. Like it's going to take some time because he's a raw prospect. But like that's a longer term view. Maybe he pans out to be a really good pick for him, but it doesn't help now. And I think some of these things um, frustrate fans, and I understand that. But I, I don't think anything surprises me by the way of like the problems the Bulls are having. Their record should probably be closer to 500 because, as we've pointed out here, I mean, officiating in these last two games really cost them. They've had some really close losses. They could easily have won a couple more games. Um, and that was probably reflected in in how they've played some close games too and struggled in clutch early in the year. We're a little bit better recently before these last couple nights. But um, there's there's a lot to me to be frustrated more about in the big picture, I think, rather than by like any individual game right now. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, like I mentioned, you're closer to the team. So I knew there were some frustrations there because you're still a Bulls fan and you want to see them perform well. Cody, next time I see you in the hallway, though, I want you to to, to tell me a name Maybe someone around the league that the Bulls can get as the as the trade deadline approaches that could help the squad. But I'll, I'll find you in the hallway, and, and I, I want an answer for that one because I know you'll have one for me. Cody, okay. appreciate you hanging out with me tonight, man. Give me some of your time, all right? I will think on that uh, that question for you, Gabe. I mean, there there are certainly trade targets across the NBA, but some of them might be out of the Bulls' price range. Exactly. And, and uh, what what would fit for them at this moment in time? So I'll, I'll think on those. Um, other other maybe lower profile moves they could make. I love it. Cody, appreciate you. Love talking to you. Have a good night, all right? Yep, take care, Gabe. Cody Westerlin, sports editor here at 670 The Score, also our Bulls insider. And like I mentioned at the very top, best shortstop in all of the radio station softball league, probably in whatever league he plays in. Cody Westerlin is a baller. I, th- I think people don't talk about that enough. You hear a lot about me and like Loho, but Cody's our best player. I want to be very clear. Like, without question, Cody Westland is our best player. I was mad I never got to make it out to a game just to watch. Oh, no. to watch? I, was like, to... I don't know. I don't, you guys wouldn't play me. Yeah, we would. Yeah, maybe. You know. I, I used to play some t-ball back in the day. 
Tyler Butterball. Uh, maybe we'll we'll ask Cody how he feels about you jumping on the team next time. All right. Hey, hey, phone lines are open. Cody and I just had a really good conversation about the Chicago Bulls, and I ended with the frustration level. I'm curious, like, were you were you more mad at the Bulls last year? And I'm not talking about necessarily the Milwaukee Bucks series, but just the the, the inability of the Bulls to figure it out last year without Lonzo Ball. Was that frustrating to you, more frustrating than the present and their inability to figure it out right now without Lonzo Ball? Which, which timeline was more frustrating for you, and what are some of your Bulls thoughts right now? I know Bulls don't get talked about a lot on here, but we get an opportunity to right now. 312-644-6767. The phone lines are open, ready to hear your Bulls thoughts on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, and we'll do that after the break on 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Bulls fall to the Cleveland Cavaliers 145-134. We get a chance to talk about it a little bit. Text message from 847 says, I thought March last year when they only had four games at home did the team in and carried over to the playoffs. Yeah, I understand that. It was frustrating last year. There, there were frustrating moments when you said because of how the team sort of played out and, and, and how the inability for DeMar and Zach to kind of coexist on the court we saw it play out in real time at the end of last year. And that was a frustrating time because you thought the Bulls were still good. And you didn't really, really, you knew, you knew Lonzo was valuable, but you, you still had hope for the squad. But of course, we get a, uh, first of all, those, uh, somebody else just texted and said, you guys have Cody Decker on your station a lot. That was Cody Westerland, my friend. I saw that too. I'm like, come on, bro. Bro, chill out. <laughs> Cody Weston. It's our Bulls inside. He works here. He's my guy. All right, let's take some phone calls about these Bulls. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on your evening show until 9 o'clock. Let's go to Dr. D Park. Or excuse me, Dr. D in Park Ridge. So uh, which was more frustrating? Do you think the end of last year with the inability to kind of figure it out or the start of this year from what you've seen so far? First of all, let me say I love the show. I uh, listen to you guys on my way home uh, with the kids in the car, and uh, it's good education for everyone. Last year, man, last year we didn't really know what to get out of them after that. So last year was really frustrating and going into the playoffs, just the way they were kind of like all over the place. We didn't really have an identity without, without uh, Zoe on there. This year, like, the Bulls are who we thought they are. Like, they, <laughs> this is who they are. This is they, – they're not, they're not physical. They can be if you force them to. The last few games, they don't they don't have a big rebounding presence. They're struggling on rebounds, so all those little things that help you win games, that's not who they are. They're like a team that a good team warms up with in round one in the playoffs, like Ouch. last year. That's Ouch. who those are. All right, Doctor D, thanks for the call. That was a shot fired because there are those teams yeah, that harsh. you you know they make it to the playoffs, but no one expects them to make it past the second round. You're a warm up squad. That's where the Bears are at, or excuse me, the Bulls are at. He mentioned that. You know, last year they didn't have an identity. I love that. That's a great point. That's why it was frustrating because the assumption was that they had the identity of a good team. And they kept disproving that night in and night out. And this year, I guess he's right. The Bulls are who we thought they were. This year especially, yeah. A team that didn't have a leader. Last year it wasn't because they thought like a lot of the signings that the Bulls made were like one of the worst. You're right. 
DeMar DeRozan, people thought it was the worst signing ever. Even Lonzo Bull, they thought that was a horrible I mean, sign, too. Doesn't look. It's not paying out right now, that's for sure. Okay, right now, but but you're right. It was like you were, you were, you were overperforming, so people were happy with the Chicago Bulls. That's when your expectations get super high, too high. Yeah. All right. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Ethan in the North Shore. So what do you think? Are, right. Which are you more frustrated with? Um, I'd say I agree with everything the last guy says. I'd say more frustrated with this year because at least last year was we were in what the one seed at one point. So we were winning games. It, it was so much different than Bulls basketball we've seen recently. So at least we are just like seeing a competent team play. Not that we aren't this year, but like where do we go from here? There's no – we're like caught in limbo yet again. We don't have like – we're not going into the draft expecting – that's where we're going to find our guy. We have now guys signed on long deals where, like, that clearly aren't going to get us to the championship or that level. I hear you. Thanks for the call, Ethan. Okay, uh, you bring up some really good points. One, the fact that the Bulls were the number one seed last year, so that kind of bled into the second half of the season where everything was a bit more permissible. You said, yeah, but they, they played really good last year with Lonzo. You know, played good at the beginning of the season. We were, we were number one. And then everybody was just like, when Lonzo goes back, it's over. Because let's not forget, there was uncertainty as to whether and when he would come back. Remember, it was three to six weeks. Right. Then all of a sudden, it was three to six months. Then all of a sudden, it was a whole year. And right? we're still hearing and that. And we're still hearing that moment. So that's where it felt like the way. So that's where the frustration kind of bled over. And the other good point you bring up, Ethan, is where do the Bulls go from here? Now, you mentioned long deals. Not necessarily true. Vooch is going to be out of here in a second, and then as is Demar. Demar got one more, one more uh, year left on his. It's Zach that has the long term, uh, long term contract. <sighs> tough, tough position to be in, because then you also you mentioned um, Doctor D pointed out the Bulls aren't physical, and we've known that since last year. But you saw it yesterday if you watched the game against, and you saw. I mean, obviously Donovan Mitchell went into the lane a little bit early. But Pat will, I mean, geez, you're told to box out the shooter from, like, the second you start playing basketball, like organized basketball. If you're playing any kind of organized basketball, you get to the line, what does every single person say when they get into this? Tyler Buterball, how tall are you, bro? Why are you going to expose me like that? I'm just telling you, how tall are you? <laughs> A solid 4'4", four, 4'5". Four, four, and, and, and when you're playing basketball, the first thing they tell you, regardless of how tall you is, I got the shooter. Yes, I got the shooter. You're sitting on the. You're sitting for free throws. That's the first thing you say. Even like we all know this. So I mean, you can be subbed in Andre Drummond. What I thought they should have did, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty in this situation. Yeah, but what I think you do is, you know, you got, you got the guy that's right under the rim, right? Then you have a Cleveland Cavalier guy, and then you got the the third guy who's supposed to box out the shooter. I thought I thought Andre Drummond should have been the third the third guy. To box out the shooter. Why? Because you know they're trying to intentionally miss the free throw. Right. That that rebound's not going to come right there by, on the side of the rim. If it does, you got Vooch and Pat Will there. But if what do they do in those kinds of situations? They throw the ball off the back of the rim or they throw the ball off the front of the rim and it has it carries it bounces off far away. So that's why you would need Andre Drummond there. We've seen it many, 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 many times. They should have saw that coming. Dude, it's frustrating. I hated it. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Got a couple more minutes. John out in Roseland. What year is more disappointing? The start of this season or the back half of last year? Um, I would say uh the start of this season because um, you know, we kinda knew after last season, um, kind of what to expect and going into the off season, like okay, we needed, you know, Lonzo was down, we knew he probably wasn't gonna be back for a while. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, the adjustments to add a, a point guard an athletic big, they didn't do that. So going into this season, it was like, uh-oh. And to be honest with you, I just kind of stopped watching them for a while because it's disappointing to watch them just, you know, when, when our teams don't make the proper adjustments, it's like you're out there like a sitting duck, you know. Uh, you got uh, Andre Drummond, but in my opinion, you don't play him enough, yeah. you know. Uh, you know you know you're, you're lacking rebounding and, and inside presence because Boots is – he is what he is. Put him in there with boots. At least try something. We don't do a lot of in-game adjustments, and you, know, you just alluded to it with the defense. 
Drummond would help with the defense. You know, maybe not with all the block shots, but definitely with the rebounding. So this year has been more disappointing because we kind of knew some of the issues from this from last year leading into the summer, and then by them not being addressed, it just kind of made this season like, man, now we're talking about blowing up the team again. Yeah. It's like, where you know, where's the general manager? There? Where are they at? Hiding in the office. And one more quick thing I'm gonna say, it kind of reminds me of. The Garp Act. No, don't These say it. These guys hide in the closet. Don't say I hate to say that. that. Gabe, I hate to say it. I was just thinking about it while I was driving. I'm like, dude, is this Garp Act? John, John you, would never, you would never in a million years trade out Garp Acts for AK and Mark Eversley right now. You would never do it. You, you're right. I agree with you. You're right. But, <laughs> but it reminds but you of it. That's what you're saying. To remind me of that. I but, got you. But thanks for taking my call, man. I appreciate I, it. I got you, John. I appreciate you, man. You bring up some again, man. Look, the calls have been great about the Chicago Bulls today. You said you stopped watching them. Ah, oh, that hurts my soul because they're still entertaining. They're still fun but, to watch. Like the last two games versus Cleveland. I mean, you know, they, they lost both of them, but they were both entertaining games. The first one, they battled back, ended up losing by one. The second one, they were still up twenty. You know, it was like a good movie, right? Like you're up twenty, you lose the lead, you go in overtime, you watch a guy put up seventy one. I mean, still good NBA basketball, but. You bring up some other good points, John. Andre Drummond not being played enough. It's tough, though, because what I was going to say to that was it's hard to get him and Vooch on the floor at the same time. Then you mentioned playing them together. They did that a couple weeks ago, and it just it looked awkward. You're getting a slower team. Obviously, this NBA is a lot faster. So tough. You brought up in-game, in-game adjustments. To that, I would just say, John, the Bulls don't get enough easy baskets. You would love for there to be a lot of motion. A lot of motion, a lot of passing, making the extra pass, getting guys where they need to be. Anyway, do I got time to take this last call? Yeah, we got time to take, Let me this, take last this last call. call. Go for it. Dave in Plainfield, I know you got an important question over there. What you got for me, man? <laughs> hi, hi, hey, good, uh, good evening, guys. It's not necessarily an important question, my man, but, uh, you know, I was just telling the, uh, the, the, the producer there that, you know, Dave, I, I've heard you mention um, – uh, Ball, Lonzo Ball, like six times in the last ten minutes. And my question is for you, my friend. I mean, do you really think that the addition of Ball when he comes back from, you know, I know he's hurt, I, I know all that great stuff. Do you really think that that's gonna 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 put them over the hump? That's that's gonna make a uh, you know it, 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 a big it, difference on know, the team. That, that's gonna, yeah, that that's gonna make an uh, uh, an exceptional freaking addition to the team. Got to be honest. Yes. I got to be very honest. I'm right there with you. And, 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 and there's reasons why Lonzo Ball makes the team better. One, there's already a small sample size out there of what he does to this team. And when he was out there, Bulls were at the top of the Eastern Conference. So, so there, there's your argument right there. Then you start to look at what are the deficiencies of the Chicago Bulls. Perimeter defense. Team she seemed to shoot lights out from the three-point line versus the Bulls. And three-point shooting, which the Bulls have struggled with. Lonzo Ball um, helps you in that area as well. Outside of that, what he does more importantly than those two things, and those are extremely important, he runs the offense like a true point guard. Think about just any game you watch or when you play basketball, it's just a lot easier when you got a real point guard, someone that can pass the ball well, someone that can score if need be, and someone that can play defense on one of the other team's best guards. And Lonzo Ball is just that. He can distribute it properly amongst the big three. He can create easy baskets, what I was just asking for. His ability to drive to the rim and dish is so valuable for the Chicago Bulls because think about who he's dishing it to. If it's Lonzo Ball getting to the cup, you're on the floor with DeMar, Zach, and Vooch. So if double teams have now come to you, if you as you've gotten into the paint, one of them is going to be relatively open. And Lonzo Ball did a phenomenal job of finding those guys. And that that is why the Bulls were performing at a high level when he was on the floor. We saw a lot of that last season. A lot of that. A ton of it. And it felt good. And not to mention, before Lonzo went down, the Bulls were like one of the highest defensive teams in the league. Yep. When Obviously, when him and Caruso were out there, unfortunately, they both got hurt at the same time. But it just still shows because they still didn't get back to that high defensive team, even with Lonzo out and Caruso back. Those two together, that really was the core of the Bulls' defense. Makes a big difference. And you understood the 
injury history of Lonzo Ball, but you were willing to take that risk. And unfortunately, it just hasn't worked out. But hey, man, it's frustrating nonetheless. And that's what we're discussing. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. All right, let's go back to football. Uh, Clay Harbor hanging out with me at 820 to talk Bulls and NFL. But let's take a look at, I mean, we're heading into the last week of the season. Guys, you're not as sad as I am. It uh, flew and I'm depressed. That's why I don't want to make you feel depressed out there listening, but there's literally one week left of regular season football. You get some playoffs, but uh, who will be those 14 teams that make their way to some extra games? We'll discuss NFL playoffs on the other side. And again, Clay Harper hanging out with us at 820. Got about an hour to go. It's Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 to score. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 